Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mixon Smokers. If you're a caterer competition or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And now, here is your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? So we are hanging out with Nick from Salt and Fire Barbecue. Um, if you want to look him up on Instagram, it's Salt Fire BBQ, all one word, no spaces, no um, dashes, nothing like that. Um, so super easy to look him up. I believe that that kind of covers most of his social media is Salt Fire BBQ, so you can find him anywhere. Um, and uh, most people are using Instagram. Some people are, are moving over to TikTok, you know, some of that crazy stuff. But there's also Facebook. Nick, are you guys on Facebook? I am on Facebook, yeah, and it's just uh, Salt and Fire Barbecue. Awesome, man. So <laughs> in the uh, in the Pacific Northwest, so perfect. So, like he said, he's up in the Pacific Northwest, man. What made you kind of start your barbecue journey? Um, man, I've loved barbecue forever. When I was a kid, my dad, you know, had like a little propane smoker, and he'd do pulled pork and ribs. That was about the extent of it, and uh, and then moved out you know like after high school and picked up kind of the same smoker started doing the same thing he did even you started using the same old rub and then uh i was given a 18 inch wsm wet weber smoky mountain started yep. on that and then i then i picked up a metal creek offset smoker i'm always big into like wood fired keep it traditional like i got rid of my propane grill a long long time ago all i use is either charcoal or wood and uh and then um got a metal creek sq36 offset smoker and then i wanted a big smoker i wanted something that could hold just a ton of meat and uh i built my own smoker and a big old 288 gallon and then i was like i got enough room to start selling barbecue and um started that and uh now i got a big old smoker trailer and loving it man so you you guys are you said like like you said you're up in washington now washington's not exactly known for their barbecue so right when, it's kind of like chicago which is what i kind of like um i i like it and i hate it right because i have to mm -hmm. um i have to inform a lot you know yeah. what i mean like i kind of have to educate a lot but at the same yep. time like you get that fun of educating <laughs> yeah yeah you, you're laughing because you're like i know exactly what you're talking about this is horrible yeah absolutely uh, but when you guys when you kind of first started what were some of the struggles that you had with trying to sell people you know i, I noticed that you guys sell per pound per half pound how how mm -hmm. was that first taken because i know a lot of people like we, we sell per pound and we do that too. And people just don't quite always understand it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's tough because, you know, there's an expense to barbecue and it is not Absolutely. a small expense. And, and I think the hardest part is getting people to understand why 
why does my brisket cost 20, you know, some dollars a pound? Why does, you know, when I go to wherever and buy it for, you know, 350 a pound and, yeah. you know, and it, it, there's so much more to it in terms of making a quality product. And then there's your time, there's your wood, there's your, you know, overhead and, and everything. And so that's probably a big part is just selling them on it. I mean, what you, you kind of said that you like being in Chicago, maybe it's not all that popular. It can, you kind of can take your own, you get your own influence into barbecue. I mean, I like to say that I'm heavily Central Texas style influenced. It's not like I'm doing it the same way they do it. I love oak. Yeah. Um, I love simplicity in my barbecue. You know, I'm not just a salt and pepper guy, but I'm close to it. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I take a lot of influence from those guys that have been doing it for a long time. That's my personal favorite kind of barbecue. But, you know, when you have kind of a blank canvas where barbecue just isn't as popular, you know, you can kind of make it your own. But the hard part, I think, is the cost. You know, people just they don't understand why it takes so long, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, I mean, we had a, why it's so expensive. we had an event where we sold out super quickly and it was it was one of our first events at this location. So we weren't really sure exactly how it was going to go. You know what I mean? Um, mm hmm. When it's a first-time event, you're like, yeah, are people going to show up? Are they going to turn out? We don't know. Yeah. The place had never done anything like that before. So, you know, we were guinea pigs. Well, so we cooked – I cooked the amount of meat that I was, you know, comfortable selling and the amount of meat that I was kind of comfortable risking in that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And totally. We sold out in like an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. Well, like we got there, pulled up, you know what I mean? Like started setting up and there were people already waiting and we were yep. there 45 minutes early. Well, you know, you that's know I mean? something like, that that's learned. insane. Oh yeah. Well, and that's something I'm learning too, is that it's, it's not incredibly popular here. It's definitely gaining popularity. There's an amazing influence around in the, what you know seattle especially portland i mean there's some amazing guys out there and we're definitely bringing the pnw to the barbecue scene and i love it i'm, I'm happy to be a part of it um but you know you you kind of have this impression like nobody knows about it so you're worried that you're not going to sell enough to to cover your expenses or that you don't want to make too much because you're not going to sell it i mean people they're starting to get it and they're, they're lining up, man. They're lining up to get good barbecue. And yeah. I'm learning that more and more. Or, um, if you have a quality product and, uh, they'll, they'll show up for it. They love it. And, and especially right now, man, people are so tired of cooking. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I mean like it, this was like last summer. Um, and mm -hmm. we first kind of just started getting going, getting the name out there and all that. So, you know, you don't, you don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like it's still a brand new business. Yeah. You don't know, yep. um, you just have no idea. At least, you know, for us, we just, we were, it's kind of almost like shooting from the, from the hip. And, uh, we, we, you know, what were you guys doing, selling? Uh, so we do, we do, uh, when we do pop-ups depends on what we bring. We normally bring, um, somewhere around the range of brisket, pulled pork. Sometimes we do pulled chicken, uh, pork mm. belly burn ends. Uh, we'll bring our mac yeah. and cheese, our coleslaw. Uh, every once in a while, depending on the event that we're doing, we'll bring hot dogs for kids. Uh, just cause you know, we'll do, we'll do huge family events and it's like, there'll be two or three food trucks and you don't want to be the food truck that gets, uh, pushed out because 
the kid's like, well, I don't want to eat anything, and that place has candy. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> and the parents yeah. are like, well, we you got to eat something. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't want anything, you know, because they don't like anything. And it's like, well, we have hot dogs. So it's like, oh, hot dog? Okay, perfect. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost yeah. like you don't want to yeah. lose to the other trucks because you didn't bring a fucking hot dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's what it is, you know? It, it sucks, but it's what it is. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, we kind of, we kind of do that route and now with like the, you know, with the, with everything that's going on in, in, in the present state of the, of the United States, we, we've moved to a, uh, a pre-order menu. So we're only, yep. we're only open on Saturdays and we're only, um, everything's pre-ordered. So everyone yep. ha- has to pay by five o'clock on, on Friday. And, and that's when we, that's when the meat hits the smoker. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Yep. sorry, like if it ain't prepaid, it ain't going on. And a lot of people, oh, okay. you know, are are kind of giving us a little pushback. And they're like, well, if you had more, we would buy more if it was available. And I go, and if it was available and you didn't buy more, I'd lose my ass. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, yep. it's not it's not one of those pieces of it's not one of those things where like. Hey, you know, we're a pizza, we're not a pizza truck that like, and I'm not talking down to any pizza trucks because I know a lot of them, you guys are all great, but man, if you make up $40 worth of dough, $40 worth of dough is a lot of fucking pizza dough. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. $40 right. worth of pulled pork. It ain't that many shoulders. No, it's not. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. We were... I was, yeah, no, you can you can lose it quick. You can lose that profit real, really, really, really fast. Oh yeah, dude. I, well, a buddy of mine was like asking me. He's like, man, he's like, why is your brisket? Because we're we're a little over twenty dollars a pound right now. Um, he's mm-hmm. like, man, why is it? You know, why is it that much? And I'm like, okay, well, we sold X amount of pounds, right? And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah. I go, I cooked almost double that. He's like, are you serious? I go, yep. He's like, yep. So you, now your meat like, costs are twice what they were. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're cooking, but no, no, we sold it all. But I'm just saying, like you with brisket, there's so much loss. Oh you know yes, like, no, like, exactly. we don't we don't yep. make a lot of money on brisket. After all that shit goes through, you don't make a lot of money on it. You know what I mean? Like no, it's for just sure. you don't. It's it's not a it's. It's not always a giant moneymaker, you know? No. I mean, it's the king. People say, you know, brisket is king, brisket is king. Brisket's king, but I don't make a lot of money off brisket. You know what I make a lot of money off of? Fucking coleslaw. Exactly. You know, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I make a good profit margin off of coleslaw. I don't make a good profit margin off of of brisket. You know, coleslaw Mm -hmm. takes me two hours or an hour to make. Brisket takes me 14 yeah. You tell me yeah. what I'm going to make more money off of. I know as much as I love cooking brisket, I do. I love cooking brisket, but I I love selling my sides, pulled pork. Oh yeah, you know stuff like that. Because that's your money but, maker. That's yeah. where, that's where yep. you start to actually start to kind of bring back that mo- money. I mean, you got to get brisket. You got good brisket. It'll get them in the door. And right. then they're going to get you know cornbread and whatever else that you know they that they want cornbread uh mac and cheese and all that stuff and i mean and if you're making good mac and cheese good mac and cheese isn't cheap either 
You know no, I mean? absolutely not. I mean, Jesus, I was at freaking the store the other day in a, I think it was a, was a five pound bag of shredded Tillamook cheese was like 20 bucks. Granted, yeah. I wouldn't pay that price because you get it cheaper, but I'm like, oh my God, that's, I need like two bags for a big old batch of mac and cheese. But that that's the thing. And it's, it's like, man, if, if you're using good cheese, mm-hmm. it ain't cheap. It's, right. No, nope, Absolutely. Yeah, the pasta's cheap in it for per mm-hmm. for how big you're going, maybe. But as far as like the cheese content, mm, it's gonna it's gonna go up in price pretty quick. And it goes quick. You know what I mean? Like it, it goes up quick. Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah, the mac and cheese is the coleslaw's where it's at, like you said. Coleslaw, beans, make make a killing off pit beans. You know what I mean? Yep. Make a good killing off of it. Um we we actually we've kind of pulled back our chicken now now with uh the quarantine lifestyle we've we've been doing more chicken but as far as like when we were just doing pop-ups and doing events chicken wasn't selling did you do you guys kind of have that problem up by you or do you guys do it man it's 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 brisket and burn-ins are number one yeah for me of course yeah um ribs probably a third then i've got pulled pork as a second chicken i rarely even offer it on my my pop-up menu um you know i i usually will run i mean i probably can't even call it a special anymore because burn ends are almost always on the menu but usually i just stick with like the four meat on my on my uh, pop-up and chicken's generally not one of it but The, the funny thing is we we were doing chicken you know and they i mean i was not we were not selling chicken we just weren't like it was just like why am I even cooking this shit? Like we'd have yeah, people come right. up and they'd be like, "Oh, you're you're you know we do pork belly burn ends." And like, "Oh, your pork belly burn ends are sold out." Yeah, brisket sold out. Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind then. Let <laughs> me want the chicken. And it's like, man, we still have, and our chicken's really good. It, it really is. I'm not trying to like toot my own horn on it, but our you doing thighs? No, we do whole chickens and we pull them. Oh yeah! Oh, gotcha. Pull, 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 pull chicken. So gotcha. we'll do whole pull chickens. Um, so then you get on the, like you know sandwich then, or just. Uh, normally we do it. We do it per pound. Super simple. Gotcha. Mm. Um, and then we serve it with cornbread. Um, so you kind of get that like kind of Texas feel, right? Um. Yeah. Right. And, man, like nobody, nobody's ordering it. Nobody. Mm. Fucking nobody wants it, and then. That was slowly starting to happen to our pork, where people didn't want any of the pulled pork either. And I think it was just like so many people were getting pulled pork places. They were like, eh, whatever. Yeah. So then what we did is we actually switched that up and we put in, I was like, dude, I'm just going to start making pulled pork mac and cheese. Oh, so that's a good idea. So yep. what I'm, all I'm doing, and I'm just put, I'm putting it together there. You know what I mean? So I just top mm-hmm. my mac and cheese with pulled pork. Send it out. And delicious. You know, and everyone's like, it, it's becoming it is becoming one of our top sellers. I mean, it's outselling brisket. Yeah. And your money, your money's there. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Which is fantastic. You know what I mean? Um, that's kind of the, that that's a little bit more of a moneymaker, which is awesome. Uh, considering you're not doing a huge amount of pork on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're you're giving them good mac and cheese, and dr- we drizzle it with our barbecue sauce. That's the only thing that actually kind of gets sauced before it goes out. And um, 
I would say it, it, it became, it's becoming a, a big, huge seller. And I think it's because it's not on everybody's menu. You know yeah. what I mean? And being in Chicago, like I said, that's the wonderful thing about being up here is being in Chicago, um, being in Chicago, like I can do that because it's not a, um, it, it's not necessarily a, you know, a barbecue region, right? So no one's mm -hmm. going right. to criticize me for it. No one's going to be like, oh, by the way, like your, you know, that's not, that's not real barbecue or, you know. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. And that's, I mean, similar. Style. It's exactly kind of similar to what we have going on here. I mean, I'm influenced by some of these people, but I would not say that that's what I'm doing. And you have to be careful. I mean, there's guys out there that may or may not know exactly what this type of barbecue is or this type of barbecue is. And if you call it that, they're going to come in and say, oh, this is not that. You know, yeah. so but it gives you a little flexibility too. You can make it what you want. You can make it your own and 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 um, make it delicious. And even if it isn't exactly like some other region of barbecue, yeah. And that that's like when people ask us, they're like, you know, what are you guys? They go, we're very close to Texas style. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we're, we're Texas style in the sense that um, we we sell by the pound. You know, our not, nothing really gets sauced. I go, but if you really mm -hmm. want to break us down, I go, our brisket is Texas style. Our pork is a little bit kind of a mix between Texas and Tennessee. Um, our ribs are definitely more of a Memphis kind of dry rib. And then, mm -hmm. yep. you know, our chicken is chicken. <laughs> it's just barbecue <laughs> chicken. Yeah. And then I can yeah. throw stuff in like pork belly burn ends because pork belly burn ends, I mean, that's kind of the bastard child right now of barbecue, right? Everyone's doing it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really, you know, fall to a region. Right. Which yep. is beautiful. And I think that, it, again, I mean, that's another thing that offers so much flexibility. I mean, you could use different woods and different seasonings. I mean, I'm more of a, I like oak with everything, literally. Yeah, I'm, that's how I am. Pretty much use oak on everything. Um, you know, but my burn my burn ends are, they're more of like a sweet heat kind of profile. Okay. Um, and so that's like, that's kind of my go-to and, but man, they are popular. I've, I've actually got, I've got a pre-order going right now for pick up a Saturday and I've sold just a stupid amount of burn ends more than awesome. I ever have before, which is great. Yeah. But, uh, they're a hit. They're generally a hit. Yeah, no, that, that, that is fantastic. Um, I know that like burn ends tend to a lot of people don't quite understand them uh, up here, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I don't know if you guys get it too much over there too. Like, well, they'll be like they were kind of fatty, and if you're going off a brisket burn end or if you're going off, like a traditional brisket burn end off that point, it's going to have more fat content. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a little juicier. Now, if you're going to a pork belly burn end, you're definitely going to have a lot more fat content because that's mainly all you're fucking doing. Yep. Um, it's the belly. Yep, exactly. Yep. And we have so many people that are so yep. like, what do you mean? Why is it fatty? And it's like, well, if I rendered all the fat out, it would be shoe leather. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Cause there's definitely leaner that. parts on the pork. Right. Well, you know, so you said you, you ask if, 
if you know you get any pushback because it's so fatty or people are asking you why. Yeah. You know what's interesting is I find out here, and I am not dugging any kind of barbecue at all. But I and I don't know if it's everywhere else, but I will say that like like Traeger is a huge influence out here. I mean, like I swear everyone has a Traeger, right? A Everyone's doing do. their own skit. Yeah, I mean it's everywhere, right? But it's huge out here. I know that. And pork belly burn ends are super, super popular. I mean, a lot of people have tried them in their own way. So to me, I don't I don't get a lot of pushback on the fatty. I have a surprising amount of people that do ask me for like lean brisket. And when I hear them say that and they ask for the burn ends, burn ends, like I do give them a heads up. I don't get a ton of pushback though. I think a lot of people understand, you know, what it is and that it's really fatty. Um, and it's not for everybody, you know, for sure. And honestly, there's guys where I know that they always order flat for me. I'll probably give them a few of those leaner pieces, you know, versus the guy that, you know, maybe like just loves the point end of a brisket and I'll, I'll hook him up with some of that. You mean the best really fatty. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love all those guys. I'm like, Hey, what kind of brisket you want? Fatty. You're lean. They're like, they're like fatty. I yeah. was like, see, we're friends. We're friends. That's when you just got to be like, what do you want from the brisket? Do you want flavor or lean? <laughs> yep. kind of trick no, it's all good, but I, I am, I mean, I'd rather have, I'd rather have five or six bites of a super, super fatty, well-cooked brisket, yeah. you know, and be full than, than have my fair share of lean. That's for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we actually do when we go out on pop-ups is we'll chop our brisket. So we'll mix it all together. Um, and the reason I do that is so I can avoid the, do you want fatty or lean? Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you do? Do you, do you only serve we, one or the other and then you chop up the other rest or what? No, um, if we're in, if we're at pop-ups for like, cause we do them at, uh, different, uh, breweries and all that stuff, we'll just chop it before we leave the yeah. kitchen and leave it in au jus and gotcha. it'll, it'll just stay that. And it, it, it holds a little bit better too that way. Um, so you're saying, you're saying you serve chopped brisket yeah, versus yeah, we'll sliced brisket. Yeah, we'll serve it chopped. It's gotcha. Just, it's and been, still, you know, half pound, full pound, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's just easier. And. Oh it, yeah. No, for sure. And it, the, the nice thing, especially like when you're in a brewery, it, you just don't have to, you know, deal with, a, a deal with some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. And, but we do, you know. At, at events, we'll do sliced brisket all the time, and it comes out great. You know, they they it, it every once in a while you get that person that's like, "Well, what's the difference?" Like, I I don't like a lot of fat, and like like you said, you kind of, you know, you learn to feel them out quickly. You learn to feel out oh, yeah. what the, what they're actually what they want. You know what I mean? If, and then if they ask. If they ask, if they're hesitant at all, it's just you're getting the flat. Either yeah. you, either in my opinion, if you know, either you know you like, you know, the fatty end of a brisket, or you just don't. You know what I mean? If yeah. there's any question, you're getting the flat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some people that just don't get what a brisket is. My favorite question is like, is brisket beef? <laughs> Normally, yes. Yeah. Or, I don't know if you guys have gotten this. We got a we got it a little bit of we did it we did a couple farmers markets, and I swear mm. those were the worst. Uh, Are they really? Man, we got the dumbest questions ever. Just the dumbest <laughs> questions. 
Well, I mean, it's it, it probably smells so good as they're walking by, you know, but you probably yeah. do get a lot of people. People that weren't anticipating ordering barbecue that day. Yeah, and it's just the dumbest questions. Though. Like they'll be like, um, "So your brisket, does it have any um, gluten in it?" Oh, yeah. Well, no, it's beef, so no. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Well, the good—I mean, that—that's a good thing about barbecue is that a lot of it's gluten-free. And keto, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, as long as there's no sugar in your rub. Which there, in our rub, there actually isn't any sugar, um, and it's yep. not 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 for the reason of like, uh, I was against it. Well, I mean, I was a little bit against it in the sense that I feel like a lot of commercial rubs out there right now are packed with, like, I mean, they're ninety five percent sugar, and people are like, they're kind of sweet. Yeah, you think? Yeah, because it's ninety percent sugar. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree 100%. I mean, store-bought rubs. I'm actually working with a company right now. Um, I give a little shout-out if you don't mind. But, Go for it. Um, it's at Rainier Foods. They're, okay. they're great. They're actually kind of local to us over here. Yeah. They do have some rubs with sugar in them, but they also have some that aren't. And also some that just have little to no salt, which I'm also a giant proponent of. If I'm going to buy a store-bought rub, I always want to control my salt. Um, and or sugar, you know, so I can know exactly what my flavor is going to turn out to be. But man, you're right. Store-bought rubs are just all salt and sugar for sure. And I mean, you can still get a sweet component in there without using, you know, five pounds of sugar. Totally. And like, that's what we do. So, you know, what I've been doing is, is, uh, I bought a, a while back, I bought, a Johnson Creek smoker is a T pit. It's a it's a double refer, reverse flow. Yeah, that was the first time I've ever used a reverse flow. I bought it from a guy in Eugene, Oregon, uh, Mark from Instagram Barbecue. But that is the most efficient cooker. And now I I can cook legit, no joke. I can cook a rack of ribs in five hours uncovered, and they're perfect. Okay. Before it would take a lot longer than that, but I would get. You know, if I used a rub with any sugar in it at all, I would I would get it would it would darken too much for me. Yeah. Um, so I, I tried to find a way to eliminate sugar from my rub and still kind of introduce a sweet profile. What I started doing was in the last half hour, I, I took a 60-40 blend of agave and apple cider vinegar. That'll work. And in the last half hour, I I spritz it usually two times and then pull it off the smoker to rest. And I was amazed. I don't get any of the darkening cause I have no sugar on my rub prior to that. So I'm introducing my, sh- my, my sweetness in the last half hour. Yeah. In, in a way that evenly distributes that sweetness via liquid. Yeah. And blown away. So if you have not tried that, you should give it a try. And, um, I've used agave in it, my wraps. Uh, um, yeah. And it's it's fantastic. What we actually do is we put honey powder through our rub. Yep, yep. So I use that for my burning honey powder. Yeah. So we get we get all our sweetness from honey. Oh yeah. And it, it's fantastic sweetness. You know what I mean? And it's it's not bad for you in the sense it's not overloaded yep. sugar. It's just very. It, it's a good sweet base. You know what I mean? And it's it, absolutely. It, you don't need a lot of it. 
Yep. Honey, you know, honey and agave. I prefer that always over brown sugar or yeah. white sugar or whatever. Mm-hmm. Agave, totally. Agave also, it has a higher burning content. Um, and what I, mm-hmm. when I, when I say higher burning content is it, it doesn't turn black. Like you take white sugar, you put white sugar on that damn, you know, on a rack of ribs, shit, that thing's going to be black in half an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. Sugar, sugar doesn't it won't hold now brown sugar will go a little bit longer turbinado sugar will go a little bit longer of course but as far as what i'm looking for is i don't i don't really i want good bark don't get me wrong but i don't want it to be black you know i don't want it to be super black especially on my ribs or on yep. my uh on my pulled pork um no, right. i'm okay with it on um brisket yeah, on my brisket. If I get a good dark bark on my brisket, I'm okay with that. And right, right. but that that's that's brisket, so that's a whole different game, right? <laughs> and I I'm I'm pretty for our brisket. We're pretty heavy pepper, and people, you know, yep, me too. I, I'll I'll ha- I'll have people because we sell our rubs. Uh, so besides doing this podcast, which is Manny Barbecue, I uh um. I own, I'm the pit master of fire and smoke barbecue out of, out of Elgin, Illinois. And that's what we do with all the other stuff is under that brand. And we, we have our, we, we put out our rubs because people were asking for the flavors. So I'm like, whoa, why Mm -hmm. not? You know what I mean? Like we're already mixing a shit ton of it anyways. Why not sell it? Why not offer it? So we did that. And it's funny how like people love most of our rubs. But then we'll get the biggest pushback on our brisket rub if we do, like, tasters. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, my God, that's so, so pepper. So much pepper. Yeah. They're like, it's so much pepper. I'm like, yeah, but you got to think. It's meant for brisket. And they're like, yeah, yeah but what if I use it on Ooh. something else? I go, you can absolutely use it on something else. But it's meant for a 15-pound piece of fucking meat that it's I'm seasoning. brisket rub. Yeah. But then I'm seasoning what? Maybe, maybe like seven percent. Yeah. Of the out, well, and, of the outside, and, right? Yeah. Maybe. Well, and plus that, I mean, you you that honestly that pepper. You know, you you introduce a long, low smoke. That pepper turns into something else. It it adds a, the savory element. You know, that is so much more mellow than if you were to be if you were to take that much black pepper and grill a steak. That pepper yeah. would be overpowering that meat like crazy. But then you put it on a brisket, like you said, one, it's just less overall surface area. But two, that that long, low, slow smoke, you know, it, it changes that pepper for sure. Yeah. So, like, it, it needs that much pepper to mm-hmm. really let it ride. You know, it oh, really yeah. does. I mean, I'm, I'm, I put it on until it falls off. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all about the black pepper, dude. We we shake it on, we get it on there, get a nice good coat, and um, it it just it goes on nicely. Yeah, and it's unfortunate too because I mean I know you sell it, you know, but I I have so far not been able to incorporate all of the ingredients in either my you know my rib or pulled pork rub and my or my brisket rub with pepper in the mix. I always have to pepper separate because I use a coarse grain and, yeah. you know, a coarse ground pepper and it just separates too much. You know, I, I can't, I, I, I personally like really controlling each element of my rub. Yeah. 
you know, if I if I have like a paprika and a garlic granulated garlic and onion or something like that, right? It's going to be I can put all that together, but my my coarse kosher salt and black pepper, it's it goes on individually because it's just I need to be able to control that element. Yeah, um, it, I think it, that's been a aspect. Yeah, definitely in the sense that the weight of that will start to move, right? You have to really shake okay. it nicely and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And what we do in our uh, in our brisket rub, we actually um, we do two different uh, grinds of pepper. We do a coarse grind, and then we do a a fine grind. Oh, do you really? Yeah. So super fine grind, and then uh, a, a nice coarse grind. And and the reason that we do that is you actually get the heat from the fine grind on the back end. Yep, totally. And the coarse grind kind of hits you at first. And it's all just black pepper, right? You're not using white pepper or anything like that? Uh, no, so we use black pepper. Uh, we use uh, we do have some cayenne in there and mm-hmm. some chili powder. And then obviously, mm. you know, some salt, some onion powder, some garlic powder. Um, it's always funny when people are like, you'll tell me everything you put in. I go, yeah, because you're not going to fucking recreate it. <laughs> exactly. Good luck, dude. <laughs> Like, There's a science, man. Yeah, well, I, I, I can mean, tell you exactly what's in my rub. I could give you, I could go over to your house and put my rub on your meat, and it's not going to be as good as mine. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be different, but you know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. can't, it's not like you're going to, you're not going to like magically recreate my rub. It, it's going to take yep. you a, you might be able to get close, mm-hmm. but it's going to take a while. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm pretty straightforward with it. I mean, it, it's super simple. Like I said, I mean, that, that's my favorite barbecue. Honestly, it's kind of the the story behind the name. It's really just just this elemental, simplistic. Just easy. You know, it's just easy, right? I mean, you know, and barbecue is just barbecue. And there's definitely a lot of things that you could do to overcomplicate it. And, you know, you could have your you know, 17 probe thermometer with 29 wires coming out of your smoker and, and just overthink it. I mean, I swear my, my, the best brisket, the first time I ever made good brisket was the day I stopped using my wireless thermometer. This was a number, number of years ago. Right. But, you know, I used to be the guy that would look up, Oh, you know, you know, the millions of different opinions on what's the oh, perfect God, temperature yeah brisket and all this stuff and the, the day that I stopped listening to it and just kind of just used my own instinct and stopped worrying about temperature that was the day that, that I made started a working. Really good brisket yep what yep, uh, what temp do you like cooking at 250 for everything okay. but chicken and sausage but all my pulled well and I could go hotter pulled pork yeah. Um, if I have to, you know, depending on what's going on, but my ribs 250 and brisket 250, pulled pork okay. on if I've got plenty of time 250. Yeah. Okay. I just, I mean, and I can, you know, if it, if it goes up to 275, it's not a problem, but 250s, that's kind of my go to. That's honestly, that's where this current smoker loves. That's what it loves to cook at. It likes sitting there. My last one, same with 250. So that's kind of just what I've adopted because that's what my smoker loves mm-hmm. is 250. So yeah, see, I'm like 275, 300. So I'm a little bit. Uh, Are you really? Yeah, yeah, but I cook on a Myron Mixon. 
Yeah, that's right. That's Cooking right. A big Myron Mixon water smoker, and um, man, it just it fucking likes that temp. That's where it likes. So now to hang I've out. seen. Them. There, there's a joint near me that sells, you know, smokers you can't just get anywhere, and they yeah. they carry Meyer Mixon. And is that does that use like a charcoal base, or are you running all wood? I'm running all wood. Now you could all do wood. a charcoal okay. base if you wanted to get it started, but trying um, to feed charcoal into that thing is going to be a pain in the ass. So yes. um, and I, yeah, it's all wood, just full splits. How how often are you having to feed that? Um. In the winter, when we, we start getting cold, probably about every 30 minutes. Yep. Um, now, I cook with kind of smaller splits, though. I like making yeah. my splits yeah. pretty small so that I can yep. control, control a little bit more. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm looking at about every, like I said, about every 30, 25 to 30 minutes, depending on how cold we get. I mean, if we're, yeah. if we're in the negatives we're feeding about every 25 minutes. We just have to just cause it's, yep. it's so cold. Um, but in the summer I, I can get away with 45 minutes to almost an hour. An mm-hmm. hour is kind of pushing, pushing it. That sounds, that sounds about exactly where I'm at. And it, like I said, depending on, depending on the, uh, the weather outside too, sometimes, uh, Sometimes it's really windy, and yeah, that that that's always a killer. Wind's always a killer on me, and I mean yeah. that's for anybody cooking it. Cooking in wind's always the hardest damn thing in the world. Yeah, well, I tell you. So I, as I mentioned earlier, I built I built my first big pit was I, I built myself as a big two hundred eighty eight gallon pit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the wind was a killer. I mean, rain, God, we live in freaking Washington. I mean, that, that killed my smoker. I mean, it would, it would create massive differences on one end because I I couldn't cover the whole thing. Yeah. I just didn't have the the space to have a big enough overhang. Uh, so it killed me. But now with this, uh, this Johnson trailer pit, I'm, I'm totally covered and, uh, loving life, loving life, rain, wind. Cold is the only impact, the the only factor at this point. So, but no yeah. more rain, no more wind. I'm I'm happy. Because I mean, you're are you a non insulated smoker too? My no, not non insulated. Correct. Yeah. Both of the my previous and this one were non insulated. So man, dude, the rain is just. Oh yeah, it, it was a killer. Killer, It'll but kill but like it. I said, now I don't have any pack. But I mean, even just even if your smokestack were to get wet. And it would just create that cold air. It would create that cold temperature for the smokestack where, where you're trying to draw that hot air. That would have major impacts. I mean, my smoker wasn't drawing and and everything just because of because of that uh, wind and, and the rain. And I hated it, man. So yeah. Now I just freaking get my laptop. I, I could I, I could be up all night. Wind, rain, snow doesn't matter. I'm I'm good. Yeah. And I will, I will say I agree with you on there's so many people that are, you know, throwing in 50 to 60 uh, damn little thermometers into their into their things. And it's like, do you really need that? Really? Oh, you just can't overthink it, dude. I mean, you know, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've had, you know, some friends of mine say, hey, I want to do my first brisket or I'm just getting really sick and tired of 
dropping 60 bucks on a brisket. Can you help me? And, and I, and it scares them to death when I say, all right, you know, here's, here's all the steps, but really here's what you need to do. You know, you want to use a, I, I still use a wireless thermometer pen. I, I need to at least gauge where yeah. everything's at. Absolutely. Um, but I am not just, you know, for, for brisket, especially don't get me wrong. We pull pork. I don't need that thermometer anymore, obviously, but you know, um, you can use that at a very specific temperature it's done, but brisket, I mean, and no, I've, I've yet to have two briskets that are the same. And, um, Oh, never. um, and so that's why I tell them, it's like, dude, ditch the thermometers, ditch what you're reading on, you know, Facebook and all this other stuff. Here's what you got to do. You got to just, when it's freaking feels like, like you want to eat it, that's when it's time to pull it off. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I always say like, you know, my thing is I want to feel, I, I use my thermopen to feel, you know what I mean? Feel. I, I, Absolutely. I put it in, I want to feel it. Um, yeah. you know, we had one guy come up to me and he's like, man, he's like, your brisket is really good. I'm like, thanks dude. And he's like, I cook a lot of brisket. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, whatever. You, know, you always get those lovely people. He's like, what, yeah, uh, yeah. what temp did you pull your brisket at? I'm I have like, no well, idea. I'm like, well, my, I'm like, this particular one today was like, I think it was like 208. Uh huh. And I, I just remember, the only reason I remember this is because he's like, oh, yeah, I could tell you pulled it at 208. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I'm like, yeah. Let me guess, 204? Is that what he's going to say? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can totally tell that I pulled my fucking brisket at 208. <laughs> oh, man. I know exactly what you're talking about. He's like, man, I just cook that many briskets. I go, you cook one fucking brisket at a time. Yeah. And you baby it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk to me when you got three briskets on. You have, mm-hmm. you know, three briskets, four pork shoulders, uh, 12 racks of ribs. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. all this other shit that's going on in your pit. Then talk to me. And oh, absolutely. Me, you know, what temperature this should be pulled at? What temperature this, What you know, what's going to happen where? Because yep. realistically, you have no fucking clue. He didn't ask me what temp I was cooking at. He just asked me what temp I pulled at. Mm-hmm. Well, I cook yep. hotter and faster. So if you're one of those guys that are cooking at 225, yeah, your brisket might be done at 195, 200. You know what right. I mean? Like if you want to go straight temps. You, it might be done because it's had that time. Yeah, it's had that time to break down and everything. Exactly. But I'm cooking faster, dude. I'm getting my briskets done in seven hours. Yeah. So it's like yeah, that's fantastic. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving. I I have to give a little. I have to go to a higher temperature so that it will break down. I will. Yeah, I've given a lot of the brisket advice. You know, yeah. Uh, over the last you know year or two years or whatever, and and it's always it ends with. I highly advise you don't go on Facebook and go to all these other places and read what everyone else has to say. Like you, you can kind of get like an average consensus. Yeah. But if if that's the route you're going to take, like don't just watch one dude. You know, you need to watch a hundred dudes because. 
you've got so many guys out there telling you, you know, your brisket has to be put into a cooler for two hours. You got people saying you have to cook to 204 degrees, not a degree more or less. Or if you cook over 205, you know, if you cook your brisket, it's garbage. over 225 degrees smoker temp, you're screwed. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. There is, you know, you, you've got to practice. Don't be afraid to go out there, spend that 50, 60 bucks on a brisket and just know it probably won't be that great your first time. It's, it's brisket. Gonna suck. You're, you're going to have a good time doing it. You're going to learn and it's still smoked brisket. Put it in chili, baked beans, whatever. But yeah. you've got to make that plunge because it's brisket, man. And you'll get better, but you've got to use your own, you know, judgment and, and uh, you know. Dude, the amount Don't of, I mean, the first few briskets that I oh. that I cooked were just, I mean, Off. garbage. Off. I was so heartbroken because I spent all this money and I invested all this time, and it was just horrendous. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And then you're like, man, I'm never gonna get this. And then it slowly yep. starts to come. You get you get yep. those you know. You, you get time and that that's one of the things that like I get asked a lot of, you know, they'll be like, well, what's the key to learning how to cook a brisket? I'm like time. time. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Time spending with time spending with this brisket. Huh? I'm like, no, no. Like the amount of goddamn times you cook the damn thing. <laughs> like that's what I yep. mean. I need you to go. You know what I mean? Like I need you to cook that brisket a lot. Why? Yeah, because I you need to learn briskets, and like you said, man, ev- every brisket is not the same because every cow is oh, not the same. You know, I'll get I'll have four briskets on my smoker, and one will be done, and the other three are sitting at one eighty. Yep. Oh man, it's crazy. But we started with the same size briskets, trimmed yep. them up, right? You know. The other, the other really important piece of advice I give friends who who want to smoke the right brisket is, you know, they're like, okay, I want to make brisket for dinner on Saturday night. I was like, okay, that's your number one problem is what you want to do is plan on just smoking a brisket and it's done when it's done. But you need to have a plan B for dinner because I guarantee you brisket's not going to be done on time. And if And if you're planning on having dinner at 6 – You've already set yourself up for failure because if that brisket takes till late, then you got to let it go until late. And yeah. if it needs two more hours to rest, then you've got to let it rest for two more hours, you know? Yeah. Especially – and th- these are the baby briskets, right? I mean like I, I know how my cooker, my smoker works. I know how briskets are going to take. I mean I'm always ready for service. But if I'm yeah. – you know, especially when I was first learning, that is a really important piece of advice is – if, if you really need to have brisket for dinner, then you better start early. four hours earlier than you think it's going to yeah. take. I mean, we, the other day, it was a couple, I mean, it was a couple of months ago, but I always say the other day, uh, you know, like, it was like two <laughs> days ago. Uh, but it, it, it was a couple of months ago. I texted one of my buddies. I'm like, hey, what's the hottest you've ever cooked a pork butt at? He's like 325. He's like, why? What are you doing? Like, that oh. was his reply right away. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know, we're running out of time. 
we, I, I, dude, I got these massive pork shoulders. I don't know where these pigs came from. My distributor gave them to me, uh, and I, I swear they were 13-pound shoulders. Oh, my God. Those are huge. Bone-in, I'm assuming? Bone-in. Just massive. Just massive shoulders. And I was like, cool, whatever. And I usually start my shoulders super cold. I mean, like, damn near almost frozen. Um, okay, yeah. And so I threw them on there, so I know that I'm going to be going for a while. I gave mm -hmm. myself extra time. Man, dude, we were at, like... I'm looking, we have to leave for the event in like four hours. My shoulders are mm. tapping like 94 degrees. 94 degrees? Roughly. <laughs> That's not good. So I'm like, cool. Well, they've gotten four hours, like they've gotten four hours of smoke. Mm -hmm. Wrap them. What are we, yeah. So I'm wrapping them. And like we're at the you know we're at the commercial kitchen, so I'm like I'm just throwing them in the fucking oven, right? Because they're there not getting go. any more smoke. It doesn't matter, and at that point, it doesn't matter. We're we're just cruising on on time at this point. So I'm like, uh, I'm like, okay, cool. Here we go. Threw them in the oven. Threw them at three seventy five. <laughs> Checked them in an hour and a half. Because at, at this point, I got an hour and a half to leave. so And I got to pull them, too, before then. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck, dude. They are still not moving. Cranked them to 450. Yeah. Dude, finished them out at 450. Um, hottest pull of my life. Uh, I think my fingers still hate me for it. And, I mean, I don't have much feeling in my fingers anyways. And I could feel these damn yeah. – I could feel this shoulder when I put my hands through it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's warm. <laughs> So they they turned out all right, dude. I had compliments the whole night on our pulled pork. Yeah, man, that's I'm what like, I'm talking about. I'm like, I'm like that just shows that on a shoulder, man, you can beat the hell out of that damn thing. Yep. And it's still gonna come back at you and go, yeah, it's still gonna be good. And that's why I always yep. tell, like, I always tell all my friends that want to learn how to barbecue. I'm like, get a shoulder. And they're like, dude, yeah, number why, one though? thing. I'm like, because you can beat the hell out of it and you can still eat it. Yes, exactly. It's going to build your, it'll build your confidence. You can yeah. learn your cooker, you can learn how to maintain temps. And that butt is so forgiving that at the end of the day, you're going to be happy and you're going to go back and try it again because you, you didn't smoke a $60 brisket and it turned out like garbage. And then you're like, I want to sell my smoker because I suck at it. Yeah, absolutely. That's my number one thing. What do I? What's the first thing I do on my new smoker? Buy a pork butt. Oh yeah, super easy, super cheap. Um, in the most, you know, for the most part. Um, yeah. When it's compared to brisket, I actually, um, a buddy of mine posted this like, you know, you know the poor man's burn ends. Make yeah. Make a chuck roast. Chuck. Yeah. So, here's my question: poor man, poor. Uh, poor man's burnt ends, right? Chuck roast normally four ninety nine to six ninety nine a pound, depending on where you are in this country. Um, I can get brisket at two eighty nine a pound. That's fantastic, yeah. No, but that that so I'm I'm just saying like how is it? Briskets are cheaper. Granted that you have to buy the whole damn brisket and it's bigger. So that that that's the one thing that you can come back at me at. It's like, well, you don't have to buy a whole brisket, right? Okay, mm -hmm. I get you. I get that. 
but it's still like it's kind of funny where it's like poor man's Burnett's Costable. Oh, they're not poor at all. No, I, I don't get it either. It, it it kills me, man. It kills me. This whole burn end situation drives me nuts. They're not because it's they're not supposed they're to not be cheap. cheap. They're just not. And no, I I mean no bar <laughs> no no part of barbecue is cheap. Um, I, I think you know with the amount of hands that it actually has to pass through, it. It should be almost the most. It should be like French cuisine. It should be extremely expensive, because to be honest, yeah. it it it's it's our it's America's French cuisine, right? It it's it's America's Italian cuisine. It's a, it's the American cuisine that we're really cooking, and it mm-hmm. should be more expensive. Yeah. And anyone that says, well, you know, it, it, you know, you can do a lot of it on your own. Absolutely, you absolutely can go home and cook a brisket. But do you want to sit there for 17 hours? Do you want to sit there for 15 hours? Do you want to sit there for, you know, 12 hours even? A lot of people will tell you no. Okay, well, then you got to pay somebody to do it. Yep. Right? You know, that's interesting because it kind of comes full circle to what we were talking about earlier in, in in terms of, you know, what are some challenges and talking about price of barbecue. I had a conversation with a guy because it's it, especially when I first started, it just amazed me how many people would order, you know, uh, you know, $30, a $30 lunch or dinner was, it's kind of like, it's like the standard, right? And people are spending so much money on barbecue and great, great for business, but it's not cheap. But I'm like, I, I personally wouldn't do that. Granted, I make my own barbecue, but I was talking with a friend you know, and he, he ordered like a hundred dollar, hundred dollars worth of barbecue for dinner. Yeah. He'll have leftovers. I'm like, you know, and I told him, Fred, like, I would never do that. You know, like we were chatting and he's like, man, you know, I could go home and I, I could cook, I could try to cook a brisket, maybe fail, maybe not. Um, but it's still going to cost me a, a trip to the store. It's going to cost me pellets it's going to cost me 12 plus hours of my time stressing on whether or not this brisket is going to turn out good and i just want someone to feed me yeah which i mean if you look <laughs> at uh, honestly like if you look at like if he's on a pellet cooker um and the reason i mean i'm not a huge fan of pellet cookers in general but yeah. um the one thing i i will say and the the thing that I, i've been told numerous times and it, it was kind of an eye-opener it's like man the pellet cookers Pellet cooker companies, dude, they're making money off the pellets. Yeah. They're not making money off the cookers. They oh my give gosh. Sh- they could give you the damn cooker. It's yeah. the fact that the, the pellet, every time you light that goddamn pellet up, you're pouring 20 bucks into it. Easily. Yep. The cost of me running my giant pit with split oak is no cheaper than you running your little pellet cooker for you know the same amount of time. It's crazy, for yeah. sure. Because the pellets are – and the, the markup on pellets. Whew. Mm-hmm. Don't even get me started there. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it's sawdust. It's fucking a byproduct. Yeah. That's all it is. It's a byproduct. Yeah, they're probably not taking, you know, cut, seasoned, two-year-old, you know, no. cherry or oak or whatever and then no. grinding it up to make pellets would be my guess. No. No. It's all – it's all damn just sawdust. Yeah. 
and I mean, if you read most, if you read most pellet bags, uh, almost everything is a blend. So, yeah, it, it'll say cherry wood pellets. It'll be like eighty percent oak, twenty percent cherry wood for flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Why? Because there's way more oak available for them to use than there is cherry. Yeah. We're... So that's what they're is it do. a lot of is it a lot of work for you to get your your oak? I mean, I know that you know people tend to cook primarily with what's local, and we you, is local, oak is local for us. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah, we get we get uh, we get red oak and white oak is is relatively local for us. So um, that's kind of what uh, what I I tend to tend to stay with, just because yeah. like once again, like you said, you know the the local for me for me cooking with local flavors is, is just the best way to go. It's easier, yep. you know. Why not? No, absolutely. Yeah, fruit woods are super popular here. I mean, we have so many vineyards and orchards. I mean, finding like an apple or a, a pear or a cherry tree. I mean, you walk down the street and those things are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, oak, oak, not so much. Um, you know, I've got to drive two and a half hours to to make sure I'm not paying, you know, six hundred dollars or four hundred dollars a cord for it. Oh Jesus! Uh, oh, it's it's crazy. So you know, I try to try to source it. Where it's cheap, but it means I've I've got to put in a round trip for it, but it's worth it in my opinion, for sure. We we got I got a distributor, uh, an oak. I got a wood guy, you know. <laughs> got a wood guy, <laughs> and uh, it's funny because like people will be like, "Hey, dude, where do you get your wood from?" And I'm like, "Well, I got a wood guy." And they're like, "Oh, do you think he'd sell me wood?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah." They're like, "Yeah, I only need like four or five splits." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> he's not gonna sell you shit." Yep. And they're like, well, why not? I'm like, because he's not looking to have 15 people come and buy, you know, 20 splits of wood from him. Yeah. He likes me who gives him a call and I'm like, hey, I need another face cord. Yep. Or I need another cord. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he's looking for. Because he mainly deals with, he deals with rest, he deals with barbecue guys and he deals with like, um, there's a lot of, uh, pizza places that are, are wood burning. Yep. Where so, you're at. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, he deals with that, you know what I mean? Cause it's just way better to, you know, deal with us because what we're doing is we're throwing full pieces of wood in. Yeah. All the time. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I remember my, my gradual course to where I'm at now, you know, I had my, I started with my propane smoker many, many, many moons ago. I was using a hand, a couple handfuls of wood chips at a time. Then I moved to my WSM where I'm using three or four chunks yeah. in a cook. And then I moved to my small offset. I'm using just wood, but still like a bundle, you know, maybe like yeah. a small bundle would last me a long time because I'm splitting it. I'm cutting it in thirds yeah. and, to where like one you know bun- bundle of wood's gonna last two bundles of wood will last me all summer. To where now I'm like Jesus, I'm burning three cords of oak in a summer. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, awesome. That's great though because it's so much. Honestly, it's easier to manage. I, I think when you have a bigger cooker, it's you know if I'm using a yes. full split, 
the smoke, the temp, it's just easier to manage because I've got a bigger fire. I'm just maintaining a fire versus trying to fuel this tiny little thing, you know, so. Well, there's yeah. so much more airflow. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's the big thing, man. Most got, and they, I think that's what really hurts people when they first kind of start cooking is they're nervous about buying a bigger cooker because they don't know what they're doing. So yeah. they look at it and they say, if I buy a smaller cooker, it'll be easier. No, that is not opposite. true. Opposite. The larger the cooker, the easier it is to usually maintain temp. Um, 100%. And the other thing is because it's, it it's also easier to get clean smoke. Yep. And that's where most guys are like, what do you mean? You know, what do you mean by clean smoke? And it's like, man, that's why you get good flavors because it's clean. You know, dirty smoke gives you a dirty flavor. Yep. And I'll tell you, that was my main my main goal in building my own smoker was I actually had no intention of catering or doing pop-ups or anything. But, I mean, I'm, I've always kind of been like a go big or go home kind of guy. Yeah. But I, I knew just based on my, my little, like I said, I got it like the Meadow Creek SQ36. It's a really small smoker. It's offset. But I was having to maintain these teeny tiny little fires which is so and hard it's so hard i mean you every 30 minutes i mean you're going from you know giant temperature swings because just a small amount would would cause that and your fire's going out and i'm like i want to make something where i can build an actual fire and just maintain a fire you know yeah. and that that you get cleaner smoke you get more even temps and that's really where you know you know i looked at fat stack smokers was like a huge influence on yeah. on how I built mine. But shit to have that shipped here was nine, ten thousand dollars for the size I wanted. Um yeah. so I just built my own. But I mean uh, that's kinda um oh uh, that's kinda like, you know, with, with the mixing and whatever, I can get I can get cleaner smoke faster in my mix than I can on any of my any of my like at home cookers. Yeah. Yep. Shit. I can I can light that thing up. Twenty five minutes. I'll have clean smoke. Absolutely. You know what I mean? As soon as the wood actually ignites properly, and everything's going. Yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need is proper prop, proper ignition. Uh, you know it, it it's going and it's lit. It's it, it's it's got a good. You know, it's got a good chamber. It's got a good airflow. Uh, everything's pulling up nicely, and it just goes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – I think I think that's where probably a lot of people have that first problem is they, they go small. They buy a small smoker, and then they struggle. And then, you know, I, I don't know how many times I see the – what's a good cheap smoker? None of them. Fucking a good none of them. Cheap smoker is exactly right. There isn't one. None of them. Right. Now, there I are will cheap say, smokers, but there I aren't good cheap. You can, you, can get, you, know, you can get a decent cheap barrel as long as you don't need – like if you don't need tons of space, barrel cookers are fucking cheap and they're good. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But um, like a good cheap smoker, like people – like I'll have – I have a couple guys that'll send me like stuff, you know, they're like, what about this one? What about this one? And I'm like, dude, it's thin, it's thin walled. 
you're gonna you're yeah. gonna have a hard time maintaining temperature. Uh, if it rains, you're fucked. If yeah. you know, it, you know all this stuff. It's like, dude, you're gonna after a while you're gonna burn it out. Like you're gonna burn it out in one season. It's not gonna be a. It's not like it's not gonna be a smoker that's gonna last. Well, and and you use it, and you're gonna just get so frustrated because you're trying to maintain whatever temperature you're trying to maintain, and it's literally impossible. You know, you're going to have leaky smoke. You're going to have high temperatures, yeah. major swings in, in temperature. Uh, I mean, you know, my 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 Meadow Creek was like 1300 bucks, and, and I wouldn't recommend anything cheaper than that for a good backyard offset smoker, you know. Yeah. Um, if you if you go to Home Depot and you spend hundred bucks or hundred fifty bucks on your offset, it's, it's going to be garbage. It's going to be it's going to be garbage. It's unfortunate, but that's it's really the truth. There's really nothing nothing you can do to it uh, that's going to make it all that much better. It's pretty much going to be if you go if you go to Home Depot and you buy something and it's um you know if it feels like it's kind of tinky and tingy uh -huh. it's probably going to be tinky and tingy right yeah um if you can click it or if you can not click it like if you tap it and it's like tick 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 tick, tick click 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 mm, you know <laughs> probably not going to hold up te hold temp too well yep probably also not going to yeah. hold up to fire too well either think about that you know yeah I will say, I mean, there, there's some good, like the WSMs. They're, they're not super expensive, and they're 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 good cookers. They're great yeah, cookers. That's always my recommendation for people is, you know, when they ask me how to start or whatever, you know, I, I've never owned a pellet grill. I, I I'm not dogging them, but you know, I feel like even if I were to buy one, I would end up getting lazy. But if you really want to learn. Get yourself a barrel. Get yourself a you know one of those pit barrels or yeah. a WSM where you're learning a little bit about fire management. You're burning actual you know lump you know hardwood charcoal or or you can't use like all splits, but you're not relying on technology to to cook your meat. And and I, I think that that's I think that if you really like barbecue, you you have to start there. You know if if you start with the Traeger or whatever. Uh, I think it'll. I think it'll ruin you. In all honesty, it, it's so. I mean, it's sometimes so, it's the it's, gateway drug for some people, which is great, and they start to realize that they're not going to coast out the flavors that they really, really want. Um, mm -hmm. And then the hard part. I mean, not, I mean, the easy part about it is you go over there, you turn a fucking knob. It's an easy bake oven. You know what I mean? That's what it is. It's an easy. It's an outdoor easy bake oven for grown men. It's what it is. I got a lot of friends who use Traegers, so I, I'm, I'm. I gotta. I'm walking on eggshells here. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a it's a crock pot. Be honest, it's, it's an outdoor crock pot. And I'm and I'm of a, I'm of the different breed, you know. I mean, I don't mind staying up all night to make some damned good barbecue. Yeah, that that is that is what I love to do. You know, sleep sounds great sometimes. Hey, don't dude, get I, I get to sleep in thirty minute shifts. <laughs> you get your twenty minute naps in. You know what I mean? Like you get you get up, you lay you you get up, then you you fall asleep on the chair, and yeah you, you have a timer on your phone, it goes off. You run outside, you make sure, you know, whatever. And then I go back in the kitchen, I sit down, I fall asleep for another couple minutes, and then come back out. And then around you it. know, 
Then around like six o'clock, that's when we start actually cranking other shit. Because I mean, yeah. I, you don't gotta you don't gotta make mac and cheese at two in the morning. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, you, you know, the game changer for me, for me personally, was one the trailer, the enclosed trailer. But two yeah. is I got a uh, uh, commercial worm a holding cabinet. Oh, dude, those are game changers. Oh my god. Fantastic. I mean, I, I I learned what sleep was, and you I, I you mean I can bar I can smoke brisket and sleep. I can get yeah. an actual night's sleep. It's been amazing. Yeah, amazing. dude, warming cabinets are fantastic. Um, I will say that is one of the um, it's one of the godsends that we have. Like I love that thing, and uh, ours go ours will hold one uh one seventy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it's just fantastic because. What we actually have been doing lately is I will smoke my ribs the day before. And I will smoke them, completely cool them. And then I put them into a squeeze butter and squeeze butter uh, rub and a little bit of uh, just a just a t- just a little bit of our barbecue sauce. Not not a ton, just a little bit for a little bit of tack, right? Um and I will wrap them and I'll put them into the into the hot box at 170. For how long? Three hours. No kidding. And they'll come up. They they come right up to temp. So they're st- they come up they come up to temp way faster than three hours. So I know I'm not in my I'm not da- in, yeah. in my danger zone. I'm good. We're above that. And I just I let them break down in the cabinet. And are you wrapping it foil? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So it'll be a I'll have round. to give that a shot because because my my ribs my brisket pork butt I'm doing basically like the day before yeah. late night letting them sit for you know a good eight plus hours before yeah. they're served but ribs and burn ends and stuff generally day of but that's something that I've been wanting to do is is learn how to really if I could do all that stuff you know, the night before, my God, and reheat and have, have a quality product. I'd, I'd love to learn how to do that. The, so the only hard thing like for me is, um, when I do ribs, I like laying them out. So there's times where we'll sell, you know, 40, 50 racks of ribs. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no, the smoke is only so big. Yep. Right. You know what I mean? I can only fit so many damn racks of ribs on my smoker, but Oh, exactly. You know what I mean? If I do them this way, then it just it just works. You know? Huh. Y'all have to give that a shot. I mean, uh, any that I know that that warming cabinet is is just a game changer. I'm still learning all of, all of the capabilities of it, but yeah, it's a game I know for pork for for pork butt, does yours brisket, ca- absolute. Does yours carry moisture in it? It has the ability to, yeah. So it's like a warming cabinet slash proofer. So I can add humidity. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now I'm I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm working on perfecting that also, you know. Uh, yeah, I love try it. Try not to. I, 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 I have it, you know, boiling water. Not boiling, but you know what I mean? Like steaming some water. Leave that humidity in there so it's a nice moist heat. Yeah. I, I, I guess that's kind of just how we cook, you know, with with the um, with the mixing. I mean, I'm cooking over – I cook over – yeah, I'm cooking over eight gallons of water. Yeah. You know, so – I. The other day we were kind of doing a live and someone was like, what's your take on water pans? I'm like, well, <laughs> I cook over eight <laughs> gallons of it. So uh, my takes, yeah, water pan, good. Yeah. work well. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, like, it helps for sure. But okay. uh, yeah, no, that that thing is man a freaking game changer. Yeah, that and is. it's important, you know. I mean, I can't tell you how many times when I first started this whole thing, like I'm rushing because people are coming. My brisket isn't done. I'm yep. trying to like you know manage the the finish time. I got to make sure that the, it rests a little bit, comes down in temperature, so I'm not slicing it at 180 degrees, yep. and it's stressful. But man, I can I can go to bed and all I got to the only thing I'm thinking about is making sure my warming cabinet doesn't lose power. Yeah. Other than that, I'm sleeping easy. Yeah. No, yeah. That's... But this is big time barbecue, right? I mean, these home cookers are not, they don't have that. No. They don't have $1,500 warming cabinet and, you know, all this, all this other stuff. But I will say um, the other game changer that I, I actually fell in love with too. I don't know if you, uh, if you're using Cambros or not uh, for transport, for pop-ups and stuff like that. I fell in love with the foam, the foam Cambros. Um, I so I I don't have like the I don't have those. I know exactly what you're talking about, and uh, that's on the soon to buy list. I do have some Cambro stuff. I do have some yeah. insulated type stuff. So I do have that. But no, I I agree. And those have electric warmers in them, do they not? Uh not the foam ones. Not the foam ones. Oh, the okay. foam ones do not. But the nice thing about them is, do the They'll, they'll, they still hold for like four hours. Yeah. Um, and they weigh nothing. So, mm. so, you know, compared to like our, our other, our other Cambros that are fucking heavy without fucking food in them. When you, <laughs> when you load up, you know, a shit ton of barbecue in them, they get heavy. Yep. And they get heavy fast. Yeah. You know Cause I, mean? I have some of the older Cambros that are, I mean, yeah, the heavy ones without 60 pounds of barbecue in them. They're hard to move around. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, dude. We have a bunch of those and they're great. Cause they'll hold for, I mean, they'll hold for six, seven hours. Yeah. No, no problem, but they dude, they're heavy. They're just heavy. You know what I mean? Like you load up six pans of Mac and cheese in there, dude, our pans of Mac and cheese are, I think we're 13 and a half pounds a pan. Mm-hmm. You put six of them in there. <laughs> it ain't gonna be a light move. Exactly. With the weight of the Cambro too, you know. And I mean, some of our employees are not, you know, the the most muscular people in the world. Yeah. So it's like, and and not to mention, like I, at this point, me too. Like I, dude, I'm. You're gonna kill your back, you know lifting all that stuff every single day yeah so it's kind of nice to have that little alternative where it's like oh we don't have to use that camera we can use these yeah for smaller events definitely cuts down on the weight yeah especially if you're not filling like especially for smaller events if you're not filling your camera completely it's like damn man you're you're lugging around this heavy ass camera that's not completely filled Mm-hmm. It's kind of almost, you know, it almost makes you feel dumb. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, hanging out with us, and chatting barbecue. If you can do me a favor, if you can tell everyone where they can find you, if they want your food, all that stuff, give you all your plugs, go for it. Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, it was a lot of fun. Been looking forward to this. So, I'm in uh, Vancouver, Washington, Salt Fire Barbecue on Instagram. You know, I'm I'm still a fairly small little, little outfit here, but, um, you know, if you're in the area, I do catering. 
I do pop-ups in the Vancouver area under normal circumstances, no COVID stuff. I'm yeah. every under, other week generally. Under so, normal uh, circumstances. So right now I'm definitely that. But, but um, yeah, Salt Fire Barbecue. And then Facebook is the Salt and Fire Barbecue. Uh, my logo is just very simple, Salt and Fire Barbecue. So Yeah, I love the logo, by the way. Love, really? Love, Thank I you, man. I love it, dude. I really appreciate that. A lot of a lot of time and energy. You know, I got I don't ever heard of it. Really quick, Mad Scientist Barbecue on YouTube. All the inspiration come from him. He said something the other him. day. We, we'll leave it here with that. Is that uh, man? Barbecue is simple, and who, who wouldn't love just some just some meat that's been smoked, a little salt, a little fire. That's really all you need, man. It's just some simple simple stuff. So that's kind of the inspiration behind the whole outfit. Very true. Now, I like to end, end our podcast this way. If you could give yourself three tips from what you know now to help shorten your learning your learning curve in barbecue, what would they be? <sighs> okay. So, and I've said this to many people. Let's see if I can think of only three. One is uh, you can't overthink barbecue. It really is, is simple. Um you know, like we've talked about using too many thermometers, you're just overdoing it. You're going to stress yourself out. Barbecue should be fun. Um, so we've got don't overthink it. Um, oh, man, three tips. I don't know. Really, I, I'll just, I'm just going to put them all into one is really just keep it simple. Keep your rub simple. Don't overthink it. Uh, don't invest. You know, you don't need a ton of money. To invest in good barbecue, uh, don't overdo it in research. Just use your gut feeling, and um, when you think it's going to be delicious, I'm sure it'll be delicious. So, practice, practice, practice. Dude, man, thank you so much. We had a great time. Uh, make sure you guys go go follow it once again. It's Salt Fire BBQ on Instagram, uh, Salt Fire Barbecue on Facebook, and all those things. Make sure you go check him out. He's putting out some killer product. Um, if you are in his area, make sure you go pick up some food and give a little bit of love and give some support. Right on, man. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun.